glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Yes. Yes, you're awesome, God. Oh, yes, you're awesome. You're awesome. Yeah. Yes, Lord. You're an awesome God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hey, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. You reign from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Hallelujah. God, you're an awesome God. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 4. Mm. Let's look at Mark chapter 5 first, and then Acts chapter 4. You're an awesome God. Yeah, 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 you reign. Uh, yes. Things are not out of control. Mm. Is an awesome God. Mark chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs, from the cemetery, from the graves to meet him. This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his feet, on his knees in front of him. He shouted, hallelujah. Uh, the King James says, and worshiped him. He shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? 
swear to God that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. I'm going to stop right there for our purposes and then go to Acts chapter 4. Verse number 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, King James says boldness, and realized that they were unlearned and ignorant men, unschooled and ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. I want to use for a thought, the refiner has come. The refiner. The refiner. Somebody say refiner. Has come. Father, have your way now. Speak, Lord, for your servants here. Release your anointing that yokes will be destroyed. And burdens removed. And I don't mean to communicate your word effectively and efficiently. In Jesus' name, amen. The refiner has come. Hallelujah. Praise God for the message this morning in school of ministry. We follow in that same lane, same vein, as we did this morning and on last Sunday. You see, Satan takes up residence in the minds of so many. In the minds. Somebody say, in the minds. He doesn't have to live in your entire body. He only needs to control your mind. And when he has control of your mind, he is in control of your body. Because your mind controls your body. Yeah. I said to you on last Sunday that the disciples needed something else to happen in them in order for them to be ready for the assignment that God had for them. They'd been saved. Uh, they'd been sanctified, but they needed something else to happen. Gates needed to be broken open for them so that the Lord could lead them out and really be their Lord and their king. Okay, and we talked about those gates. The same thing needs to happen in us, to us, for us. You see that there are things that we cannot do, no matter how hard we try, because these gates that have been established and closed are there. Behind the gates, somebody say behind the gates. Behind the gates, we have been programmed a certain way. And we tend to operate according to that programming even after we've been saved. Listen to me good. Even after salvation, we tend to operate according to the way that we have been programmed from childhood. Programming that took place behind the gates. 
So if we were programmed to have a bad attitude from childhood, then even after we get saved, we still have that bad attitude. If we were programmed as children to be promiscuous, then even after we get saved, we will continue in promiscuity behind even after we're saved. You might say, well, I thought when you get saved, you're delivered from all of that. I'll say again, even after you're saved, you will continue to operate in the way that you have been programmed. Yeah, yeah. Paul said it like this. He said, when I would do good, there is a gate. Evil is always present. So that the good I would do, I do not do. And I find myself doing the evil that I do not want to do. Even after you're saved. Because you've been programmed a certain way. Now, of course, well, we'll go on with this, but of course, we cover up so that people don't see. But we continue to operate the same way we have been programmed even after we're saved. Paul said, oh, wretched, tormented man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He realized that even after salvation and you're operating in the same way that you've been programmed from childhood, that tormenting is taking place inside of you. You're being tormented by the devil. Oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Now, these gates need to be broken open. You can't break them open. Psychologists can't break them open. Medicine cannot deliver you from it. These gates need to be broken open. Gates of fear, gates of low self-esteem, gates of hurt and pain from things that have happened in your past, gates of self-protection, and self-preservation that have been established because of what happened from the past. Could have been sexual abuse, could have been mental abuse, could have been physical abuse, or, or somebody touching you in an inappropriate way, somebody having conversations with you about inappropriate things too soon, too early, allowing you to see things that you shouldn't have seen too soon, too early. Gates of pretense established because of a need to be something that you're not or pretend to be something that you're not. Gates of spiritual resistance and deception that were established because you were somehow associated with witchcraft, with sorcery, with necromancy or roots or, 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 or horoscopes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Palm readers. And the like in the early part of your life. Most of us, most people wear their birthstone ring and say that they're born under the sign of. Now, if, they, if you have on a birthstone ring, 
and you're wearing it because you're born, born under a certain sign, I recommend that you burn it in the name of Jesus. I don't care what you paid for it. I recommend that you take it off and you renounce it and burn it. And don't ever give anybody else a birthstone ring and don't talk about what sign you've been born under. You've been born under the sign of the cross. Those horoscopes are of the devil. Amen. And, they, and we develop spiritual resistance. And deception is, 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 and we talked about this morning, how deception is one of the main tools that Satan uses against us. So, And were, these gates were established because we have been associated with these things because of our ignorance, or because of the ignorance of our, of our parents or our grandparents or whoever raised us who did not understand these things. I'm not talking about your mom and your daddy. That's not the issue. I'm dealing with what Satan has done to establish gates in our lives that have shut us up and stopped us from being who God wants us to be. Gates of lying, gates of deception established because of the feeling uh, of feeling the need to hide or to cover up so that your deeds will not be discovered. Gates, gates, gates. Gates that need to be broken open and broken through so that the person God created you to be can come forth and you'll begin to walk in the wisdom of God and the power of God and do the work that, and the things that God uh, uh, has created you to do and created you to be and live the life that God has created you to live. Oh, wretched man that I am. Oh, tormented. Come on, y'all. Don't go to sleep today. Tormented. Mental anguish. Mental warfare. Can't sleep at night. Can't think clearly throughout the day. Feeling bad, feeling guilty. Feeling dirty, feeling unclean. Feeling like nobody loves you. Feeling like you got to do stuff to, to, to be accepted by people. Oh, wretched, tormented man, person that I am. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Paul's answer was, I thank my God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. He's the only one who can break open the gates. As we said on last Sunday, the breaker has gone forth from the Father and has come forth to us. The breaker, the breaker. Hallelujah. What happens when the gates are broken open and we're let out is that we begin to get a clear understanding of life. 
we begin to get a right understanding, a right, a correct understanding of life, of God's purposes for life, and our life in particular, because what God is going to do for you is going to be, first of all, for you. Before he will use you to be a blessing for someone else, what God will do for you is that he will give you a right understanding of how you are to live your life and the purpose of your life. Then we can begin to live out the power, uh, the purpose of that life in the power and the authority and the glory of God, operating effectively in the giftings that he's given us in ministry. And when I say effectively, I'm talking about ministry gifts that's going to cause chains to be broken off of people's lives. I'm talking about us operating with that breaker anointing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, so the praise team won't just sing praises. I won't just preach, but the message is going to break stuff on open. You hear me? The message is going to break things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Because of the anointing. The song is going to break things because of the anointing that's on the singers. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now, now look at this text in Mark 5. This man is, is possessed by many demons. His name is Legion. Because there are, he says there are many of us. A legion is 10,000 soldiers. A Roman, in the Roman army, they had legions. 10,000. So this man is saying that this man, this demon, these demons that are identifying themselves because the man does not give the name that his mother and father gave him when he was born. The demons answer. And the demons say, my name, they've taken up possession of the man. And they, they, this body belonged to them now. And they said, my name is Legion because there are many of us. 10,000 demons. And they were all in his mind. And they were distorting his view of himself. So here he is, a human being, living in a graveyard. Now, now we don't have tombs, okay, around here. Uh, like they, if you go to, to, say we went to Liberia and went to, went to the city graveyard. Because of, the, because of the sea level, if you go certain place in the United States, because of the sea, go to New Orleans. Now, what is New Orleans famous for? What? Witchcraft, voodoo, demonology. So you want to go to Mardi Gras, huh? What are you going to do at Mardi Gras? New Orleans is famous for what? Voodoo. Voodoo. A lot of other nations. You go to the graveyard and you see the tombs. You see the graves on top of the ground and they're built up in what they're calling tombs. How many of you want to live in the graveyard? You don't even want to go up to, up to, uh, up to Lakeview that has nice cut grass and flowers and build your house in the middle of the graveyard. But here this man is living in the tombs. 
He couldn't stay in the city because we would have said he's crazy. They put chains on him and he's so powerful, the demons in him are so powerful that they break the chains. And day and night he's cutting himself and over the night he's howling and screaming like a dog. His view of reality has been, has been distorted by the, by the devil that is tormenting him. That is tormenting him. Some of you, sometimes you feel like crying. You get so depressed. You get so down and out. Things are going so wrong in your life that you just want to cry out. You're being tormented. You're being tormented because there are many devils, many demons. And you don't get rest. There's no peace in your home. No peace in your life. No peace on your job. No peace in relationships. God didn't create this man to be like this. God did not create him to be unsociable, separated from society. God didn't create this man to be so erratic and evil that he incited fear in other people. Have you ever said to yourself, God didn't create me to be like this? Have you ever said or either said, God didn't create me for this? Amen. Amen. You might not have said it every day, but you said it. You might not have said it every other day. You might have said it five or six, 10, 20, if you live long enough, 30, 40, 50 times. Because there's certain stuff that you will experience in your life, you'll come to the realization, God didn't create me for this. You get in a bad relationship and things are going really bad and you'll begin to say, God didn't create me for this. This man, Legion, was not created to be the way that he was. But his mind was possessed by Satan. He was being tormented by Satan. Now I want you to notice something else in this text. Okay. When Jesus comes on the scene, Legion runs to Jesus. And Legion worships him. Y'all listening, look at me, look at me, look at me, look, look at me, come on, look this way. I need you to really lift up your head, look this way. Demons recognize who Jesus is. Why don't we recognize who Jesus is? This demon fell and worshiped him. Why do we have, it so, have such a difficult time worshiping the Lord? Why do we find it so strange to lift up holy hands? Why do we find it so difficult to learn spiritual songs and sing spiritual songs? Why do we find it difficult to lay prostrate 
before the Lord. This demon, this man filled with many demons, comes and falls down and worships him. Don't ever forget that. All right? Don't ever forget that. But let me tell you something else. Try not to miss anything because I think everything the Lord gave me is important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't worship the Lord because we've been tormented. We fear what other people are going to say about us. Let me tell you about a big problem with men, especially when it comes to showing emotions and worshiping the Lord. We fear that somebody's going to call us gay or funny or act like a woman if we worship the Lord. We're tormented in our minds. We're tormented. We're tormented. So we don't show emotions. So a man ain't supposed to cry. Somebody wrote a song about it. Let me tell you something. When you come to the realization of who Jesus is, it don't matter. It don't matter. We fear the Lord. We sometimes we even fear that the promises of God won't work. Why you don't trust the Lord? Because you fear that the promises of God won't work. We fear that the gates of hell will prevail against our faith. But let me tell you something. When God raised Jesus from the dead, he raised him with all power in heaven and earth. In his hands, the gates of death, hell, and the grave were broken open. Jesus was brought out. And because he was brought out, you and I can be brought out too. And Jesus said, upon this faith, I will build my church. And the very gates of hell shall not prevail against my kingdom, against my dominion, against my realm. The gates of hell cannot prevail. Are you hearing me? I didn't say they would not. I said they cannot prevail Against, the, against kingdom power, against kingdom authority, or against the kingdom agenda. Cannot prevail, cannot prevail. So this tormentor runs to Jesus and he says, what have I to do with you, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? Listen to me. Listen to what he said. He said, I adjure you. I plead with you in the name of God that you torment me not. What? The NIV says, it reads it like this, in the name of God. You know how we say in the name of Jesus? He said, in the name of God, don't torment me. Isn't that something? The devil doesn't want the same thing he's inflicting on us. Are you listening? He 
is begging Jesus not to torment him when he has been tormenting this man for so many years. That ought to be enough right there to make you fed up with the devil and his tactics. Fed up with his bullying. It ought to make you fed up with his lies. It ought to make you fed up with his deceit. He can trick you, but he doesn't want to be tricked. He can deceive you, but he doesn't want to be deceived. He can torment you. Have you so you can't sleep at night? Have you so you can't eat? Have you so that you don't have any peace in your mind? But he doesn't want to be tormented. He can shut you up and confine you but he doesn't want to be confined. Don't make me leave this region. Wow. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I came to tell you today that the breakers come forth to break through these gates and to lead you out so that the Lord can be king of kings in your life, Lord of lords in your life, and ruler in your life. He's going to do it as you submit to him. Do you believe that he's the son of the most high God? Do you believe that he is the son of the most high God? Do you believe that he died for your sins and was raised eternally from the dead? Do you believe, hallelujah, and will you, will you submit your will to his will? Will you ask for and receive the Holy Spirit in your life so that you can live like he wants you to live and do what he wants you to do? Will you ask for him? Will you seek him? Will you long for him? Will you crave him? And when he comes in, when he comes in, will you submit to him? Well, saints, once the Holy Spirit is present in your life and once he breaks through those gates and leads you out, the work is not done. The work is not done. The Lord revealed to me that the next thing the Holy Spirit wants to do in order for the power that, that his presence brings in our lives to be most effective is that he wants to refine you. He wants to refine us. He needs to refine us. Listen to Malachi chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom ye seek, shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire. And like fuller's soap, and he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he shall purify the sons of Levi, and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. 
Then shall the offering of Judah and Jerusalem be pleasant unto the Lord as in the days of old and as in former days. Now, I know that Jesus Christ is the messenger of the covenant, but the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen? It's not the covenant that refines and purifies. It is the spirit of God who refines and purifies. He knows the things of a man. Who knows the things of a man, Paul said, except the spirit who lives in him. He sits as a refiner. He sits as a purifier of silver. But, but he's not just purifying silver. He is purifying the sons of Levi. Ooh, the worshipers. Who are the worshipers? Glory to God. He purges us as gold and silver. Why? He's doing it so that we may offer unto the Lord. Listen now. This is what he said. So that we might offer unto, unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Oh, my. So we can't offer an offering in righteousness unto the Lord until we've been refined. We can offer an offering, but it won't be in righteousness until we have been refined. Y'all, this might be kind of long, but, but stay with me. Stay with me. Teenagers, stay with me. I know it's hard, but stay with me. Stand up and stretch if you have to. Pinch the person sitting next to you if you have to. Stay with me. What does refine mean? What does it mean? Refine means to reduce to a pure state, to purify, to free from coarse, unsuitable, or immoral characteristics, to polish or make eloquent, to use precise distinctions and subtlety in thought or speech. Okay. You ever, have you ever been to the point that you say, this is the way I am, that this is just me? That's all you get. This is just me. But if the refiner comes and he begins to refine you, then we shouldn't get just you. We should get a polished you. We should get a purged you. Let me go just a little bit further. If we take this definition and apply it here, we'll see that the breaker will not only break, it op break open the gates and lead us out of the place, uh, to the place where he's created us to be, but in the process, he refines us, he purifies us, he purifies our minds. Where is the devil taking up residence? Where you've been tormented? He purifies our minds, our thought processes, where our thinking has been distorted. He will refine the way we think, and he begins to cause us to think pure thoughts. Clean thoughts, progressive thoughts, victorious thoughts, overcoming thoughts, conquering thoughts, faith-filled thoughts. Are you listening? And once our minds are refined, then we find that he has freed us from coarse, unsuitable, and immoral characteristics. 
that have caused bad behavior in our lives. Listen now. So that means then that a real change has taken place. That's where the places I used to go, I don't go anymore, comes into play. That's where the things I used to do, I don't do anymore, comes into play. I don't even have a desire to do them anymore. That's where it comes into play. Because you've been, you've been refined. You've been free from coarse, unsuitable, and immoral characteristics. Coarse, coarseness. Coarseness. Hallelujah. Coarseness deals with just, you know, roughness. That if you, some of us got rough sides on us. The Holy Ghost wants to break that rough side. He wants to refine you. He doesn't want you to be like you were 50 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. He doesn't want you to be like you were when you were coming up, when you were being filled with all of this stuff. The Holy Ghost has come to refine you to deliver you from course unsuitable. You know what stuff is unsuitable. You won't talk about it in front of everybody because you know it's unsuitable. You won't do it in front of everybody because you know it's unsuitable. And, and I don't need to say anything about immorality. Because we know it's unsuitable. He comes and he refines you. He changes our desires. He takes the taste of certain things away from us. He gives us a heightened sense of the presence of God and a strong desire to be in the presence of God. He creates a hunger for the word of God and he stirs us to pray. He gives us revelation knowledge and understanding. And he opens up the eyes of our understanding. Where your, whereas where your mind had been blinded and you couldn't receive the light of the gospel of the glory of God, the Holy Ghost comes in and opens up your eyes. This is the place of deliverance. This is the place of breakthrough. You can come to the altar and dance and shout all day long, but until the refiner comes in, Tell the Holy Ghost, I told you last Sunday, there are things we can't do. The Holy Spirit has to do it. There are things we can't do. The Holy Spirit has to do it. Let me run on. He will even refine our speech so that we don't talk like we used to talk. We find ourselves speaking wholesome words. We find ourselves speaking words of life and speaking words of edification. We find ourselves speaking clearer. Yep. Speaking with precise distinction. Paul said to Timothy, study to show yourself approved unto God, uh, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So now a part of me uh, 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 being approved unto God and, and, and rightly dividing the word of truth is my studying so that I can be precise. And the more I study to be precise, the more knowledge I gain. Because in my studying, I learn how to pronounce words correctly. And I learned how to speak correctly in my studying. Ooh, Lord have mercy. You don't think the Lord is concerned about the way you talk?
He'll cause you to speak with care. He'll cause you to speak with artfulness. He'll cause you to speak with finesse. And then we find that the offerings we make to the Lord are made in righteousness and not in unrighteousness. Look at what happened to the disciples in Acts chapter 4. Now, you, you, you know, Peter was a cusser. Yeah. And then these, 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 these men, but, but, but after the Holy Ghost filled them and refined them, you know, and here they are taken before the Sanhedrin, taken before the, 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 the religious leaders. And, and the Bible says, now, when they saw, when these scribes and the Pharisees and religious leaders saw these men and perceived that they were, and, and saw that they were uneducated, saw that they were uneducated, unlearned men. The Bible says the rulers, they were unlearned and ignorant. That's what it said. They were unlearned and ignorant. They marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. You see, not only will the breaker come forth in our lives, not only did he come forth in their lives and have broken through the gates and led them out of bondage, but the refiner. Now, I'm talking about the same person, so I could have said he does his refining work. But the refiner has come forth and refined them so that they were purified and polished all the way down to that conversation and delivery. So evident that the religious leaders took note of them. The religious leaders and all of their pomp and their circumstance took note of them. Now, now Paul was a Pharisee. Let me show you how educated they were. Paul spoke seven different languages. How many of you speak two different languages? How many of you speak three different languages? How many of you speak four different languages? Paul spoke seven. That's how educated they were. They're very educated men. Very few of us, I had one person said they speak four language, three languages fluently. Praise the Lord. We use you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's how educated they were. So in all of their pumps and circumstance and education, they saw that these were unlearned and ignorant men. I mean, this is the power of the Holy Ghost working in these men's lives. And they took note of them. They took note of their faith. They took note of their boldness. They took note of their knowledge. They took note of the way they delivered, the information that they delivered, and they realized that these men had been with the refiner. And it's the work of the refiner, saints. Only he can do this work. Only he can do this work. Who wants to remain the same? Who wants to be the way you've been for 40 years? There's something wrong with you if you don't want change in your life. You know, most of you have changed jobs four or five times, maybe six, seven. But what about the real you? What change has taken place? And even if some things have changed, where are you spiritually? What has the Holy Ghost been allowed to do in your life? Because he's a gentleman. 
And he never forces himself. But he does this work. And, and let me tell you, I cannot tell you exactly how he does what he does. I can't tell it in detail because I'm not him. Hallelujah. All I know is he does it. And he does it well. Hallelujah. I do know, hallelujah, that he is like a fire. Because on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it lit upon each one of them. And I do know that the Bible says that God is a consuming fire. And I know that fire is used in the refining process. So as the refiner works in us, I do know that he releases his fire to burn up everything in us that is not like him. Hallelujah. So that he might refine us. And he will refine every son and daughter that comes to him in faith. He'll do it because that's his ministry. That's his ministry. We can't refine ourselves. I'm not talking about getting a better education here. This, I'm talking about the work of the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about uh, learning proper etiquette. I'm talking about the work of the Holy Ghost. Because proper etiquette won't get you delivered. Proper etiquette won't get you saved. Uh, all of the college degrees in the world that you have won't do for you what the Holy Ghost can do for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is his work. This, is ref this refining is not through getting with the right people. And there is merit in all of these. There's merit in education. There's merit in meeting the right people. There's merit in learning proper etiquette. All right, etiquette. But this work, this is the work of the Holy Ghost. This is a personal work of the refiner in each individual's life. Are you hearing the Lord? Are you hearing the Lord? He wants to refine you. He wants to refine you. He wants to refine you. You've been tormented in your mind. There are some distorted things. How many of you will honestly say that there are some distorted things that have happened in your life and you still think about those things sometimes? They come up in your mind. Distortion. Some of y'all ain't being honest. But the devil is a lie. He's the father of lies. He's a deceiver. He's a murderer. From the beginning, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. He has been tormenting people from the beginning of time. And he's still tormenting people. But the Holy Spirit has come. He's come. He's here. He's here to break open those gates. Yes, it's shameful. But don't let shame keep you from getting your breakthrough. Yes, we've done shameful things in our lives. But guess what? It wasn't hidden from God. God saw it. God knew it. You didn't hide from him. And in spite of all of that, God still loves you. 
God still has a desire for you. The Holy Spirit is still present for you. He wants to break open the gates of your life. And those gates that have been established in your life, he wants to refine you, regardless of all of the stuff from the past. And guess what? Until you allow him, the devil will continue to torment you. This man, Legion, had been in that cemetery living among the tombs for many years. But once he met Jesus, and he got delivered by Christ, Jesus told that demon to leave. And you look at that man a few verses down in Scripture. The Bible says he's sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed, and in his, what mind? His right mind. In his right mind. In his right mind. Don't you want to be in your right mind? Your right mind is the mind that God gave you. The mind that God created you to, to be and live out. God's way of thinking. God's way of doing. That's the right mind. You're not careful. You'll become religious. And you won't have faith. And you'll be tormented by the devil for many years. Many, 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 many years. You'll be claiming salvation and tormented by the devil. For many, 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 many years. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Holy Spirit, move by your mighty power. Holy Spirit, you are the breaker. You are the refiner. Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Stand to your feet. We yield to you. We yield to you. We yield to you, Holy Spirit.